Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So that is absolutely true for our brothers and sisters who live across the seas, but that's true for us as well. Because the truth behind this verse is the fact that you will experience trials, tribulation, persecution. Here's the thing, Jesus has told us, you won't live a life free of these things. No, in fact, you will go through these things, but I will be with you in and through the trials. In today's message, Pastor James will remind you of a stark but important truth in the Christian life. Throughout the history of Christianity, Christians have been heavily persecuted for their faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells believers in the Lord that if they believe in Him, they'll experience suffering for the sake of the Lord. In many countries around the world, Christian persecution could mean losing your job, being kicked out of your home, or even death. But Jesus will never leave or forsake you. Now here's Pastor James in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. I think the Lord, he's just a good father who's like, I just want you to serve me. I want you to be with me. I want you to hang out with me. But where, Lord, I need to know, I got to have scripture and verse, like I've got, and I need to point at a map. And, I mean, you got to just illuminate the city and all this stuff. He's like, just go, just go. Matthew chapter 28, just go. Where? All nations, pick one, <laughs> pick one. You're in Texas. If this is where you're from, you live in the South part, hey, guess what? You're where God wants you to be. Embrace it, run with it. And when the, that door comes to a close and it maybe it's time to move on, then move on. Go serve, serve the Lord wherever. Like it's that freeing. It, it should be that freeing for all of us of like, huh, it's kind of stress-free. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the beauty of it. That's how Paul lived his life. He's like, you know my, I know my purpose. You know my purpose. My purpose is what? It's to preach the gospel. It's to bring the gospel, the good news to Gentiles everywhere. And that's what he did. He says, my faith, his faith was always on display. Um, his patience, uh, his love, his steadfastness. Paul said, my life was an open book, Timothy. It's an open book. And I'm sure with all of this stuff, as you know, if you've lived side by side with somebody, um, even if they're walking with the Lord, I mean, all the stuff's going to get aired eventually, like maybe the great marks of characters and, you know, characteristics and all that good stuff of patience. And, and look at, I mean, this is a, a list of fruits of the Spirit that he's kind of going off of here too. He's like, listen, you, you've seen it. My faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. Um, and I'm sure Timothy saw all the negative side of that too, because Paul was not a sinless man, right? But Paul's like, listen, as I've just lived my life in contrast to these bad guys who display the opposite, what you've seen for me has just been, it's been this, but it's not him, it's the Holy Spirit in and through him. That's, that's it. He's not bragging on himself at all, but he's letting Timothy know, like, you've witnessed this in my life, um, and when it comes time to, like, raise up leaders and all that stuff, 
this is, these are the things you need to be watching for. Or if you're going to align yourself underneath somebody and their teaching and everything, they should have these things evident within their lives. There should be an absolute, you know, just as clear as can be, fact that they have faith in Jesus Christ. Number one, all right? If somebody stands here and it's unclear whether or not they believe in Jesus, I would recommend you leave, right? Do not waste your time. Because if they don't know, they're not going to do you any favors. You want them to be about Jesus, about his gospel, about the word of God. I mean, those core things that we hold fast to, they should be evident within their life. They should believe that Jesus is the son of God. They should believe that Jesus did actually come to this earth and die on the cross physically, not spiritually, you know, not metaphysically, none, none of that stuff. No, he physically died on the cross, and then he physically rose again from the grave three days later. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. John chapter 14, he's preparing a place for you right now. I literally believe all that stuff. Literally believe it. I have no issues with it. None at all. I hold fast to those things. His faith is on display. His patience, his love, his steadfastness, all this stuff. He, he's like, Timothy, you, you know how I've lived my life. You've watched me. This has kind of been a running thing throughout, um, throughout this book, but we, I'll, I'll continue to, to hit on this any opportunity I get. Um, you, should always, you should have somebody who has poured into your life. They, they've discipled you. They, another way to say that, I, I think the way I prefer the most is they've invested into you. They've invested into you. Like, who has been the one? Who's your Apostle Paul? You need to know. You need to have an Apostle Paul, right? And, and I would encourage you, maybe even in 2 Timothy, that you take a second to, like, write down that person's name. Who has been the one who you watched all these things in their lives? And maybe they're still, if they're still alive today, you need to take time to thank them for that. Be like, you know what? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. If, if they've moved on, if they passed away, then you know what? It's, it's, it's always a good idea to thank the Lord for their example, for their example. But you need to have somebody like an Apostle Paul within your life. The other, the flip side to that is, well, so put yourself in Paul's shoes. Who's your Timothy? Who's your Timothy? Who are the one that you are investing into? Because it's not enough that somebody just invests into you. Now you have to take that and invest that into somebody else. Who is your Timothy? And maybe next to the person's name that you wrote down who invested in your life or discipled or mentored, however you want to say that, maybe you should write the names, names, plural, of ones that you're investing your life into. Who will be the ones? Who are the ones who are watching you? Because yeah, we can put this on the pastor, and we should. They, these things better be evident within the pastor's life. Not a perfect person, but, but these should be marks of, these should absolutely be marks of my life. Absolutely. Now, I will tell you, I am not a perfect person, and there will be days. If you're riding with, in a car with me, um, that thing of patience, it's gone, all right? That, I'm like, Holy Spirit, fill me up, because uh, I'm struggling with that one. Um, yeah, there's going to be, I have my moments. I have my moments, for sure. But who are the ones who are witnessing these things happen in your life? in your life. Who are you modeling these things for? Because you, you have to. That's what discipleship is. That's what Jesus was talking about. You, you pour into others. You pour into others. You should always be training up your replacement. Always, always, always training up your replacement. Who's going to take your spot? Who's going to take your spot? 
So that's what, in, in essence, that's what Paul's doing here. And as he's, he's, you know, kind of showing Timothy, he's like, listen, I've given you a list of the bad guys, kind of the characteristics. Now here's, here's the things that, number one, your life should look like, but then also the things that you should be looking at uh, or out for within the lives of other people. He goes on to say in verse 11, you know how much persecution and suffering I have endured. You know all about how I was persecuted in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. But the Lord rescued me from all of it. I, I, let, me, let me just keep reading because we'll, we'll, we'll take care of this section in just one second. Um, verse 12, yes, and everyone who wants, here's a good promise, um, you know, by, you, you're not going to find this at Mardell's, I don't think, um, Lifeway, or if there's any Christian bookstores left. Um, you, these are going to be hard promise, you know, promises to find, display like on pillows and throws and wall art, all right? Um, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer persecution. Like, write that verse down and hand that to somebody today, right? You're like, hey, man, the Lord put this verse on my heart for you. Um, here you go. Like... Thanks. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that. No, nobody wants to. But this is reality. This is reality. I wouldn't be doing my job if I skipped over this verse. I wouldn't be doing my job. And not enough people are talking about this. I think by and large, because we are blessed where we live. We're absolutely blessed where we live. Now, is it getting more and more complicated and the days are growing darker? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is kind of a hard verse for Americans to swallow. This is a vitamin that believers all over the world are taking every single day. They know this to be true. We experience it on smaller levels, I would say, if we're honest, smaller levels. I'm going to read to you some statistics from, um, uh, it says, the rise in number of uh, Christians in the top 50 countries, North Korea being numero uno on this list as far as persecution against the church, okay? North Korea is hands down number one, all right? Uh, it says, in the World Watch list, um, those who experience high levels of persecution is up 14% from last year, up from 14%. So that was, um, in 2018, that was 215 million Christians experiencing Intense persecution, not little persecution, intense persecution is up to 245 million. One in nine Christians experience high levels of persecution worldwide. It says 4,136 Christians were killed for faith-related reasons. On average, that's 11 Christians or believers killed every single day for their faith. 11 of your brothers and sisters will lose their life today simply because they believe in Jesus. Simply because they believe in Jesus. If you, if you look at the, the Vatican, they actually have higher numbers than that. But this is, a, this is kind of more of a just a center of the road, unbiased kind of place. But 11 believers every single day are getting to meet Jesus face to face. Persecution's happening, and it's not getting better. It's getting worse. 1,266 churches or, church or Christian buildings were attacked, most of those demolished. 2,625 Christians were detained without trial, arrested, and sentenced, and imprisoned. 
So over 2,600 believers are locked away in jail. Over 4,100 believers lose their lives. Over 1,200 churches are burned down, basically. Most of this is happening outside of America, right? We know that. We're aware of that. This is real. And these, you know what's happening? You know what the crazy thing is? The gospel is exploding in every single one of these regions. And not every single one of them. Most of this is happening within Muslim-controlled countries. Churches are exploding over there. Lives are being transformed like crazy over there. I was just listening to Skip, and he had uh, Joel Rosenberg. But he was talking about, because he, he has dual citizen, citizenship here in America and in Israel. Uh, and he's been meeting with all these dignitaries in like Saudi Arabia and Egypt and all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we want to meet with evangelicals. We actually want evangelicals to come to our country. They're, they're saying, we, we need to think about things differently. They've been so anti and so against it. Closed off countries are now beginning to open up their doors. It doesn't mean less and less people are dying. Actually, it, that's intensifying. But in that intensification, the church is thriving. It's thriving. All who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So that is absolutely true for our brothers and sisters who live across the seas. But that's true for us as well. Because the truth behind this verse is the fact that you will experience trials, tribulation, persecution. Here's the thing. Jesus has told us, you won't live a life free of these things. No, in fact, you will go through these things, but I will be with you in and through the trials. That's the best promise ever. That's the best promise ever. So if you experience persecution, maybe you have experienced persecution. Maybe you try to share the gospel with somebody and maybe they've, you know, come at you and attacked you or whatever. I mean, that stuff does happen. But you need to know this, whether it's persecution or trials in life, the Lord is with you each and every step of the way. Too many people come into this thing thinking like, well, and, and unfortunately, there, there are some guys out there who are telling them this, like, no, you give your life to the Lord and, man, you get all this cool stuff and, and it's easy selling. And, and it's like, where do you see that in the word? It's not true. Jesus said, no, you come to me, you follow me. The world will hate you, but don't worry. I've overcome the world. I got it. I got it. And I got you. And the Lord says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So whatever storm you walk through, you're never walking through it alone. Never. Physically, Paul's writing this letter. Everyone has abandoned him. <laughs> He's in a dungeon writing this letter in his dying days. And everybody, for the most part, has bailed on this guy. Except for Jesus. Except for the Lord. You need to know that. Difficulties will happen in your life storms will come. Storms will happen. I promise you that. I promise you that. Storms will happen. But you will never be alone. You will never be alone. Even if everyone else leaves you, the best person to have ever existed, Jesus Christ, said, I got you. I got your back. I'll walk through that storm with you. In fact, if you want me to carry you through it, I'll carry you through this thing but I'll be with you. 
We need to know that. We need to embrace that. And that's a difficult, that's a truth that's very difficult to, to sometimes rationalize within our brains because, yeah, if you're physically here, tangibly, and I can see you and all that stuff, then okay, sweet. But Jesus, I can't see you. I can't see you. And I can see my problem. I can feel this storm. And it's sometimes hard for us to, you know, rationalize this, but the Lord says, listen, you just got to trust me that I am with you. I am with you. So there's a promise. You can write that down um, and get that tattooed on your body. There you go, right? Like, hey, what's that verse say? Oh, all who want to live a godly life will be persecuted. You'd be like, you're crazy. And you're like, yeah, I know. I know. Um, but that's, that was, that's, that's coming from somebody who loves somebody else. That's Paul who loves Timothy and is like, listen, I'm going to shoot straight with you. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. I'd rather have somebody telling me that than lying to me, saying, it'll be easy. It's going to be cool. You can have like a million followers on Instagram, Timothy. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have sponsorship deals, conferences. People are going to be calling you from all over the world, wanting you to come and speak at their stuff. No, no, Timothy, if you're really, not that some of those guys aren't about Jesus, but Paul's laying it out for Timothy. He's like, no, this is the reality. This is what it's like. This is what it's like. I would, yeah, this is, this is what you signed up for. Whether you're in the ministry, it's like a paid position, or you're just serving the Lord, here's what you signed up for. Now, don't bail on it because of that. Don't be afraid of that. This will make you stronger. This will make you stronger. So he goes on. Everyone who wants to live a goodly, or godly life, Christ will suffer persecution. But, verse 13, evil people and imposters will flourish. Doesn't seem right. I'm the one who's trying to do good, and in my doing good, I get persecuted. The stones are thrown at me. However, these other guys who are all about themselves, this is kind of going back to the first uh, half of this chapter, they are totally about themselves. They are posers. They are absolute fakes. Everything works out for them. Everything works out. Isn't that frustrating if we're honest, okay? You're in church. You can be honest. You should be honest, right? Not like God's going to strike you with lightning, but like, seriously, it is sometimes mind-numbingly frustrating when you look and it's like, how, is the, how does everything just fall into place for so-and-so? And they're the worst person in the world. You know you're in good company when you're asking that question because David was asking that question in the Psalms. He's like, Lord, I don't get it. Like, they're, these are horrible, wicked people. Why is the rain falling on them too? Well, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That doesn't matter. What you need to be, uh, you know, certain of is, number one, are you focused on Jesus? Are you running your race? Are you fulfilling your purpose that he's called you to? You can't be distracted by what's going on in, on this side of the, you know, you should be aware of some of this stuff, but you shouldn't be distracted by it, nor should you be envious of maybe somebody's prospering. These evil people and imposters will go from, they're going from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceiving. Um, and in a sense, it's like in New Living Translation here uh, clarifies, it's like they're, they're like ministry in one sense is just growing and growing and growing. And you're like, no, no, bad, 
And everybody's like, no, but we like what they have to say. Well, what are they saying? Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's very passionate. Oh, passion. Okay. Very worked up. They seem to be really into it. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't want the song and dance. Just give me the word. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking for the show, right? Give me the word. So, but these guys are like evil people, these imposters going from bad to worse. They just, it's, it's a slippery slope and they're smooth sailing, so to speak, just down the slope, but deceiving, they're, they're deceiving others. They themselves are deceived it says they're flourishing. They will, they will deceive others, and they themselves will be deceived. So kind of blind, the blind leading the blind. Like, that's never a good thing. We know that, right? Like, that's, and Jesus used that illustration in the Gospels. It's like, that eventually there's a ditch that's going to happen. And if you're blind leading other blind people, you're all going to end up in the ditch. I mean, it's, it's just catastrophe is, is, is just right there. But that's kind of what's happening within, within the world where they're living and, and within the religion, you know, these are, again, some religious leaders, quote unquote, um, and Paul's just giving Timothy the heads up of like, listen, um, Timothy, here's what, here's what you can expect. Is it right? No. Is it fair? No, I guess not. Well, what are we going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. Well, shouldn't we do something about it? No. It's not your fight. It's not our fight. The Lord, it's the Lord's. Let the Lord take care of it. Let the Lord take care of it. That's just good wisdom concerning this stuff, but that's just good wisdom within our lives. People attack you. Maybe you do feel persecuted or somebody's coming against you or whatever. You know what? Let the Lord fight your battles. Let the Lord fight your battles. He does better than you anyways. I'm sorry to maybe hurt your feelings, but he's going to do a better job than what I could ever do. He will do a greater job. Let the Lord be your defense. Let the Lord be your defense. He's a just God. And when he comes back, and we believe, literally, he will come back and rescue his church, all this will be set straight. Will be set straight. So you don't get distracted by this stuff. And Paul, as Paul would say to Timothy, he's like, stay focused, run your race. Run your race. Do what God has called you to do. Don't get distracted because there are plenty of distractions in this world. Stay focused. Uh, he goes on to say, you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. Stay focused, right? I was already kind of going into that. You got to remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures or the sacred, uh, sacred writings, as uh, ESV is going to translate it, probably New King James does too. Um, you've been taught these holy scriptures from childhood, and they've given you wisdom to receive salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. And now these holy, these sacred writings Paul's referring to is primarily, it's the Old Testament. And Paul's like, listen, you were taught the Bible as a kid. Your grandmother and your mom taught you the Bible. And they showed you from the scriptures, they were all pointing to this guy, Jesus, that you surrendered your life to. Timothy, you know that the word is true. You stick to the word of God, period. That's it. There's going to be all the distractions, and you're going to see the other guys. You're going to see them thriving and you know, flourishing within their ministry and all that stuff. No, Timothy, you've been taught the word of God. You better stick to the word of God, period. That's it. 
That's it. That's a good mark of a church, of a good, healthy church. Thanks for joining us today on Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. Pastor James has been teaching through the book of 2 Timothy. One of the biggest takeaways from this book is that it's an opportunity for the Apostle Paul to give a sort of closing argument, solidifying who he is in Christ and what he was willing to sacrifice for the furtherance of the gospel. In chapter 4, Paul states, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. How many people can say that, that they've lived well and haven't fallen away from God even in times of adversity? This is an incredible statement that Paul speaks. May you strive today and every day to be able to say the same, that you've fought the fight, that you've finished the race, and most importantly, that you've kept the faith. We're so glad that you tuned in to study the Word with us today. If you missed any part of today's teaching, you can listen again online at breadforthebroken.com. Once you're there, simply click on the Listen tab. And if you're looking for a church to call home, we'd love to be that for you. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston. You can get in touch with us by filling out the contact form at our website, breadforthebroken.com. Be sure to let us know how we can be lifting you up in prayer, too. That's all the time that we have for today, but we encourage you to keep on reading on your own. There's more to learn from the book of 2 Timothy, and Pastor James wants to share these things with you right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man, who I love.